we've done in essence is we've taken the the, the business office um, space and moved it into our homes, right? And and so with that said, that brings um, now a whole other list of complications and or potential challenges. From Rain Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, visit our website at www.raycpa.com podcast and sign up for updates. As the world has become more digital, you can only expect that cyber criminals are not slowing down. Keeping your systems up to date and completing risk assessments annually are a few of the steps that can keep your organization safe. Today, we celebrate National Cybersecurity Awareness Month with Sean Richardson, Principal and Director of Cybersecurity Services at Ray & Associates, and Connor Mundy, Associate at Ray & Associates, to share the importance cybersecurity is to your organization and why you should be implementing these resources into your business. Welcome to Unsuitable, Sean and Connor. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. So National uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. I know, um, boy, since this COVID thing is has hit, it's really ramped up. I think the awareness, at least in, in my client base, uh, of cybersecurity. What what have you seen change since uh, the, the beginning of this in you know February, March? Have you really seen awareness ramp up uh, among businesses out there? Absolutely. Um, Doug, it, it's gone up so much that, uh, you know, threat, threats and attacks have gone up like 400 wow. um, percent. It's unreal. What we've done, in essence, is we've taken the, the, the business office um, space and moved it into our homes. Right. And, and so with that said, that brings um, now a whole other list of complications and or potential challenges that uh, that that are unknown. Uh, home networks are not secure. In some cases, companies don't know what a virtual private network is, which is is basically uh, a tunnel, a secured tunnel, uh, to ensure that data is kept safe. And um, and so, you know, it's an environment without edges. Mm. So so Connor, yeah, you're you're fairly new to the firm. I got to ask you, you're you're also known as the Terminator. What's what's the story behind that? So uh, it was actually like my second week starting here. I was I got a LASIK eye surgery. So looking at the screens, being an IT guy, you know, we look at the screens all the time. It was getting tough in my eyes. So I actually was wearing these like sunglasses they gave me during the surgery, which, you know, they're, they're really a, they're yeah. a look. So I was wearing those in a, in a meeting, actually. And uh, Sean there uh, took a screenshot and that was his, now on his phone. Every time I call him and has me with the, with the uh, sunglasses on. So nice. that was a fun thing. I love it. Well, you got, you got a little Arnold uh, thing going on there. So yeah, that, that, yeah. that could work for you. I, I love it. So, Connor, talk a little bit about um, 
you know, remote workers, you know, obviously that that's become, you know, more prevalent overnight and and certainly likely to remain in some fashion, certainly more prevalent than it was pre-COVID. So, so what are some of the things we, we should be doing uh, and our clients as, as owner managed businesses, what should they be doing to keep their, their information and their workers safe as they work remotely? I would definitely say, Implementing, like we talk about a VPN, so it's like a secure portal to work on work-related things. And then also to make sure they have efficient training on phishing and emails like that, because a lot of the cyber criminals, they pivoted from doing other attacks to more phishing attacks, which is like, hey, we're going to send you this email and then try to click click a link. But and now another thing, too, is that you, with the you know budget cuts that happened because of covid a lot of these small mid-sized companies had to make a bunch of bunch of budget cuts on IT. And, you know, these people at home, they don't really know who to contact now because maybe they furloughed the IT uh, staff. So it's it's tough too. And you gotta make sure you keep your, you know, your IT staff good enough so that there's someone has someone to talk to in the situation. Yeah, that's it's interesting you say that. You know, I know in dealing with my client base that that I'm familiar with construction companies, you know, say between 5 million and a hundred million, most of them say, I hear this a lot. Well, you know, they're not really that, that interested in, in us. We don't, you know, we don't have any personal data, things like that. And, and I hear just the opposite because obviously their, their, their guard is down. And plus some of the, the clients that they themselves do business with, whether they're utilities or other public entities, uh, you know, that that's dangerous stuff. Sean, talk a little bit about where you see, you know, what types of companies in, in, in your experience have been most vulnerable uh, over the past year or so. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of what we're seeing, uh, that's a great question, Doug. Uh, a lot of what we're seeing is, is centered around uh, family owned businesses, small to medium sized, uh, in some cases have hundreds of employees that, that have been in business for years are not used to something like this. Uh, and, and so therefore they do their data, you know, they've been doing things, uh, business as usual for, for so long that uh, when something like this happens, they just don't know how to respond. And, and so what we're seeing is, is frankly, um, a lot of people reacting or overreacting by, um, you know, maybe, maybe they just, uh, they're cutting, um, um, cutting corners and, and trying to allow them to gain access to their home networks and, and, and then mm-hmm. not putting controls in place. And, and so some examples there would be uh, using remote RDP sessions. So remote data uh, um, uh, connections that people mm-hmm. are, are not putting controls behind that, and and so they'll connect to local servers back at the uh, back at the home office, and and if there's no security controls around it, they can likely get owned, and owned meaning meaning hacked or uh, or that information compromised. Uh, another call out in, in what we've seen is is Connor's already touched on it. Uh, they've pivoted as it relates to their phishing attacks. They're using things like terms of COVID and, and uh, PPP from, uh, um, you know, you being kind of our PPP expert within the firm uh, and, and helping lead that team and initiative for our clients. Uh, you've likely heard that, that, that uh, you know, they've seen, seen emails uh, from, from organizations who they think are valid, right? Um, so, so yeah, uh, it, it's been... Um, it's it's just been a uh, insurmountable amount of um, uh, 
a, a, just a, a harsh undertaking for some of these companies that just don't have uh, the support and, and the consultancy in place. Yeah. Hey, Connor, talk a little bit about the approach that, that you typically see uh, some of these these hackers take. I mean, what what's their their angle? They're trying to hold hold the company hostage, in essence. Is that that the typical scenario? Yeah. So if they perform pretty much like a phishing attack and they get in, they get in the software, their, their main uh, right now is to hold like a ransom attack. So they'll kind of just the blue screen, everybody, they're like, Hey, you got to pay this amount and then we'll unlock or maybe give your data back or maybe not. And that's another thing too. If you're a small mid-sized company and you don't have uh, you know, a business continuity plan, if all your systems go down, if you don't have, backups an offsite backup like you could be really out of luck mm-hmm. and i mean it could and it really could shut down your business if you don't have say a lot of these companies don't have the the money just right now during covid to put and give two hundred thousand to this cyber criminal and yeah. bitcoin whatever he wants his money in so it's a scary thing but yeah that i think ransomware is a big thing that is hitting a lot of people do we see a, a lot of these uh uh smaller businesses they still have you know, is there data on their own servers or, you know, what, what do we see? I mean, is there protection, obviously, if you're, you're in the cl- operating in a cloud environment, that type of thing, what, what are some basics uh, that, that uh, companies can do beyond what you've already mentioned, like with VPN, et cetera, that, that would help? Um, definitely to have, to have, but they have like a server on, on site to actually have backups of that server. So maybe do it nightly, weekly, and then just get like an external drive and get them at Best Buy or wherever. And uh, you can put the data on that just to have backups of the data. And then also to make a plan around, say we have no, like IT is down, all the computers are down. Can we still operate like mm-hmm. pen and paper? Can we still operate? So I have a system in place and test that system. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I was in the private sector, we used to go through that exercise a couple of times a year. And, you know, I used to kind of chuckle a little bit and we'd move everybody off site and, still op, try to operate paper and pencil, but it is a worthwhile exercise as, as certainly as you say. So Sean, if, if you can talk a little bit about the types of losses that, that we typically see. I mean, Connor mentioned that it, it can be a business killer, but you know, if, if you're a small to mid-sized business, what, what do we typically see when, when these kind of things happen? Sure. So I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. We responded to an event in the fall, uh, or excuse me, in the, in the spring. Uh, it was a, a, a small, locally, fam- uh, locally owned, family owned business, uh, about $2 million in revenue a year. They were hit with ransomware. And the very first thing that they, they went after was their backups and uh, their client database inside um, their accounting software. And, and so what ultimately happened is uh, that ransomware event uh, would have cost them uh, in excess of upwards of $100,000. I mean, the average, the, the average loss for a business present, uh, or present day in comparison to what, where it was, you know, three years ago is, is you know, it's up, it's up like 30%. Um, and, uh, you know, 2017 average loss was about 117 uh, to 120k to a business. You know, present day it's it's upwards of over 200,000, and that doesn't include brand awareness, right, or brand degradation, if you will. Uh, and so, in this particular case, it would have cost them about uh, 50k in lost revenue and lost wages, lost time, and uh, and 
our incident response team went in and was able to respond to the event, actually negotiate with the extortionists and uh, reduce wow. uh, their uh, their fee exponentially. I mean, they ended up paying, wow. but we also got the data yeah. back. And that was the risk that we shared yeah. with the business that, hey, look, 90 plus percent of the time, you don't get your data back. You just don't. Um, wow. um, but we were able to manipulate, do some manipulation ourselves and, and, and um, thankfully um, determined that, that the data was safe. And, yeah. and that, uh, that exercise ended up costing less than about $10,000 uh, total. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's just an event, uh, an example of, of what people are going through today. And, you know, that could close the doors of a company, Doug. Um, oh, sure. Um, yeah. Well, I know we had, I was uh, aware of a case uh, in Northeast Ohio that, that took place fairly recently where the diocese up there erroneously sent a couple million bucks to a, a subcontractor that uh, they shouldn't have. You know, it was, a, it was a fishing exercise and, you know, that money was gone. So, and, and to that end, Connor, talk a little bit about, you know, I know we do in, internally, we, we have some, some exercises that we go through uh, fishing training uh, every, every quarter. It's not hard to do, right? To set up that kind of thing to, you know, for your employees to at least be reminded of that stuff. Yeah, not at all. I mean, you can, you can do like weekly emails, you can do lunch, um, lunch and learns. Um, it's just quick things, videos, you can send videos out. It's just easy things that can really in the long run save you. Yeah, just just those subtle reminders. It, again, it becomes more top of mind for for folks. Uh, you know, it, it's certainly helpful. I know it helps me. Sean, talk a little bit about you know cyber insurance or cyber risk insurance. I know we've we've got some good friends of the firm here that that constantly remind folks that you know, hey, you're not as protected as you right. think on on that end. You're what what can that do and and how do our services you mentioned like our emergency response team how does that dovetail with maybe what a cyber policy might might do yeah so that's a uh, that's a great question um so a lot of cyber policies uh and, and in fact our trusted partner there and i we, we have something coming up with a construction event and where we talk about this is you have to identify what is the true risk to the business and uh, and call that out in the policy, right? Uh, uh, just a blanket cyber policy in, in some cases, or um, I would debate uh, in all cases, uh, is just not going to cover specific business data uh, that potentially could could leave the organization or what have you. So it's got to be clearly defined. Um, and and those, those policies are helpful, but it, it all goes back and starts with having an assessment, a business assessment, or what we like to call uh, within uh, our organization, uh, the segment of, of uh, race cyber services, that is a, an information security risk assessment. And we, we lead with that by not having a technical conversation, but a business conversation. You know, what's, um, what's most important to your, to your business? And that is your client data and, and your accounting data and your backups and and so if those those don't have controls then a cyber policy may or may not cover that and so so it's 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 important to walk that through um walk that back by starting with an exercise like an information security risk assessment uh, doing a, a data analysis you know where is your data 
where where does your client data sit? As Connor mentioned earlier, um, you know, if you've got client data in a database somewhere on a local server, is it protected? Are there controls around? Is it are 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 those databases or that information is that information protected and encrypted? Even so, yeah. So, Connor, I, I want to get your each of your last thoughts on this. Where where do you see um, where do you see cyber going forward? I mean, obviously, the world has changed so much just in the last six months. It's it's certainly hard to predict. But um, if you had to offer some some uh, you know sage wisdom in terms of where you think we're we're headed, where the biggest risks might be over the next uh, six to 12 months. What, what's your best guess? We'll, we'll start with you, Connor. Um, I think, you know, just the continued transition from in the office workplace to the remote workplace, just the, the, the continue, continued concern of, you know, attacks like phishing attacks that are going to keep happening. Also, the bringing back the IT staff or even potentially, which is another thing is, if you were going to bring everybody back in the office, how are you going to do that? Is all those devices that you just had off the network on these home networks that share the same system as like an Xbox, your kid's Xbox, your home, your smart fridge and is on the same as your work computer. How is that data and how is that computer going to get back on the, back on the uh, network? Are you going to do it, have like a separate network and kind of test the computers, make sure they're all clean without viruses and other malware embedded in them? Um, that's a big thing. And also brute force attacks, which is like when you have, say, a user, so maybe they're trying to get in, dug into your computer. So they'll keep trying passwords. And if there's no password lockout, for example, they'll keep doing it until they get the password and they're in the system. And we've seen that in a lot of clients too. So just putting controls around user credentials is big. Wow. Yeah, that's probably the big thing. Right it, now. It's scary stuff when you bring up the technology in our homes, right? Like the smart oh, fridge yeah. and, and you know, all that stuff. And, and those are potentially all access points, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Frightening. So, Sean, where, where do you, what, what, what's your um, Nostradamus uh, outlook here for, for the next six to, to 12 months in cyber? What should we be thinking about? What should be... Be, be most aware of here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so great, uh, great transition there. You know, building off of what Connor shared. You know, one of the things uh, that's important to us is identity, uh, identity from uh, a user perspective, but uh, but also how do you protect those identities? And and with the the transition back in, bringing that workforce back into the office. You know what ultimately needs to happen, and 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 so a, f- a few uh, wise uh, steps would be if you don't have multi-factor authentication set up within your environment, and and basically in layman's terms, what that means is two forms of gaining access to a resource, uh, so a, a username and password coupled with a phone call or an email or some sort of authenticator code or a text message to validate that person, that identity, who, who, who they are. And, and so that, that right there is the first wise advice that people should be taking uh, uh, moving forward. And then couple that with uh, re- revitalizing your disaster recovery plans, your emergency response plans. Um, you know, go through tabletop exercises where if your IT manager or, you know, a, a member of your executive team um, is you know, taken out for whatever, whatever case may be, because that, uh, while that's, that's a morbid way to, 
to approach it, you know, the whole beer truck analogy, if you will, if, if in fact that person, he or she is, is uh, removed from the, the equation, how do you respond? How do you, yeah. uh, uh, how are you uh, communicating within your, your own executive team and your own uh, uh, business unit leadership to, to respond to that appropriately? And, and I would uh, debate and argue that uh, oftentimes we're seeing a lot more uh, reactionary uh, response and, and um, you know, hair on fire, yeah. you know, uh, playing fireman, uh, you know, no pun intended there, but playing, playing, playing yeah. fireman uh, um, by, by reacting versus uh, having a plan and a process in place. And then lastly, yeah. I said it before, um, and, and I, I think this is really uh, one of the top, it's one of our top fives is, is you know, start knowing where your, your company's data is, start knowing mm-hmm. and identifying that risk um, uh, through uh, having a, a trust advisor come in and perform uh, a risk assessment and, and um, having those business conversations versus, you know, uh, feeding a bunch of technical jargon or trying to sell you a security tool. Right. Uh, absolutely. That's uh, wise advice. I think we should do this. We should do this episode on on Halloween uh, next time because this is this is frightening stuff. Uh, scares the hell out of me. I can tell you that. But uh, it's 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 great to visit with you guys. And again, it is uh, National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, so you should talk to uh, talk to our experts uh, for for more advice. Well, thank you. Um, Sean and Connor, great to have you on. And if you want more, if you want more business tips and insight, or to hear uh, previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.racecpa.com/podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 